Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, happy holidays, ho, 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 and welcome back to Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson, and I know you were getting worried. I know the SOSs were out, the Coast Guard, the National Guard, they were all wondering, but here I am, Shedheads. I am back in the box with another holiday edition of Outside the Sheds, and like the great Cameron Munster as we go into the 4020, I have returned. Now, as I say that in a, in a joking way, I'm not going to bring into light the seriousness that Cameron Munster uh, has faced. Um, I think anytime we look at ourselves in the mirror and we see that we're causing self-destruction, uh, no matter what that is, um, it's important. I think it's very, very important because it's one thing to go through life and only worry about yourself and only have yourself to worry about. But I think what Cameron Munster has come to realize is that he's, number one, not alone. Um, he's one of the biggest stars in the game, one. Uh, he's a leader on his team, two. But I don't think those are the most important things. I think we all know those aren't the most important things. The most important thing for Cameron Munster is to be a good partner, and to be a good father. The most important things you can be in life, right? Because you can have your knucklehead mates or, or your girlfriend or whoever. But when you when a child comes into the situation, and we see how our children are all around the world nowadays, they've got issues. They've got a lot of issues about dealing and coping and all that type of stuff. As a father, you have the chance, just like a mother as well. I'm not, I'm not downplaying you moms, all the female shedheads. But as a father, you have to guide. And you have to be the, uh, I don't know, the protector of your family, all that type of stuff, right? And you have to be of the, might, the right mindset to be successful. Now, a lot of people will say that they were a no-okay parent. But to feel like you're on top of it, and I'm, and I'm very, very fortunate. I have, a really, I have a couple really, really good friends that are incredible fathers. Um, and I watch them in their game. And what I mean in their game, I watch them in their essence of being a dad and the pride that brings to them, the sacrifice that brings to them. Um, saying no to your friends when you probably want to be there, but for whatever reason, the obligation of your child proceeds, right? So I think that is all coming and striking home with Cameron Munster. And after he spent four weeks in rehab, I think it really, really struck home with him when he was at the at the Banyan's Health and Wellness Center that he had to make changes. And he had to make changes in his life. So when, when he came out of it and he did his first interview, I think it was really, really interesting uh, and really caught me off guard that he didn't just talk about alcohol dependency he also brought up gambling and I think that word gambling puts just an ice cube on your spine for anybody who's a fan of sports gambling 
because it it, it it calls the all the integrity of the game into question with gambling. That's why I'm not a big gambler. I know we we play with our picks here, and I tell you guys, pay off your mortgages with my picks and all that type of stuff. But I'm not a gambler where I actually put my financial well-being at stake for a game that I have no no I have no control over. And I've never really got that. My dad, my dad liked uh, horse racing, like betting on horse racing, and 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 like playing football, um, American football, great iron. Um, but I, but he took five dollars from me at a Super Bowl bet when I was a kid one time, and it cured me, cured me, cured me, cured me, because I started thinking all the stuff that I could have done with that five dollars, that I actually had. But I thought that I could make that ten dollars, whatever. And that the best thing my dad ever did was he made me pay that $5 or not gave me my allowance. And when my mom got upset, my dad said, no, he's not getting that. He made a bet. He's a man. He will pay that bet off. And that really taught me right then on that day, your shed Adama said, I really like what I have and I'd like to keep what I have. And sure, I could double it, maybe even triple it. Sure, that's possible. But I could also lose it all, too. And if I can't control it, if I'm not a part of it, if I'm not doing that, and if I can't make the scoreboard change because of me being in the situation, not for me. Never has been for me. And, I, you know, some people say, it's the rush. You know, you feel you're dialed in. Now I have a pretty good rush watching the game. Because I watch the game for not just the scoreboard I watch it for knowing a lot about the players that are involved in it knowing the sacrifices these guys have made right and I know I've gone off on a tangent here about gambling right but Cameron Munster came out saying that he lost $50,000 one day gambling 50000 and I know listening to guys like Charles Barkley and other they've lost way more money than that but can you pick, that is some people's yearly salary that he lost in one day gambling. He talks about uh, betting on horses and, and being in the stall before games and, 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 and just, you know, in the sweats because of a horse that he has put money in. And I, I, I just, that blows me away. And what blows me away also is how great of a player this guy still is with drinking and with gambling like that. And it almost sounds to me like Cameron Munster was more worried about the gambling aspect because a friend of his got into gambling so deep he committed suicide. So that was a huge story. And I really, hats off to the guy for coming out and talking about in depth and in detail some of the demons that he's faced. But the crazy thing about this is the transformation of Cameron Munster as well. Uh, his teammates, when he got back at training with the with the, with the storm recently, said that it's the best shape that he has ever been in since they've seen him playing with the Melbourne Storm. He also won the Yo-Yo Endurance Competition as the best and best player on the team in this race for endurance. He won it, and the guys were all laughing at him because he took his shirt off to show off the physique that he's got right now because he's put down the bottle. So, you know, if Cameron Munster, with all these demons he had been holding and, 
and trying to keep hidden or whatever he was doing with them. You know, one thing you got to say, he always kind of put stuff out there. Cameron Munster had no problem talking and, and showing who he is. But you wonder if the guy was that good playing at whatever percentage he was playing at, you know, he'll tell you in his own mind where he thinks he was at. What is he going to be like with a clear mind, focusing on his family and the game that he loves? How dangerous can this guy be? And that's something I want to leave you guys with as I finish this first story, is I'm really excited to see where this takes Cameron Munster. Not just on the, on the field, but also personally. And what his interviews will be like now. And what his eyes are going to look like now. Will he still look like he's been up till 5 o'clock in the morning? Uh, but then, you know, put it together. So, incredible article. If you have a chance to read it, look at it. Um, and like I said, hats off to you, Cameron Munster. Hats off to you. But I think we're still going to get that that cheeky sod sometimes when he uh, says a few things that, that makes everybody cringe but laugh at the same time. So, interested, very, very interested to see where he goes from here. Now, after we leave Cameron Munster, we're going to also talk about leadership here because... The Warriors have named the 12th captain in their existence as a club, and they've named Tohu Harris as their captain for the 2022 season. The crazy thing about the Warriors is since 2005, they've only had five captains. That's incredible. You know, I remember Simon Mannering and RTS the best, but that's that's pretty damn impressive. Um, and it also shows you the stature. Like, you you don't just get named the captain for the Warriors and the next year they're going to switch you out. They When they finally pick somebody, they stay with that individual because they think they really check who this person is and who, what they bring to the table. And Tohu Harris has shown time and time again that he's always ready to take the ball and he's always, always ready to step up and to be the first guy through the hole if it's not there, to run through a wall. So I think that is a, 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 a really a good choice. Maybe not the choice I was expecting, but I think when I sit back and look at it, I think it's an incredible choice for stability and for a guy that most everybody on that team respects. And a lot of times, not from his words, but for his actions. So congratulations to Tohu Harris being named the 12th captain for the New Zealand Warriors. Folks, shedheads, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages, I know we're tired of this subject, and unfortunately we're going to have to talk about this subject numerous amounts of times on this podcast this week, but COVID is affecting the NRL just like it's affecting every other organization and team sport around the world. There's rumors and rumblings that the EPL may shut down until the beginning of the new year. Matches are being canceled left and right. The only difference for the NRL and the AFL right now is they're not in season. But that doesn't doesn't seem to change the fact that all these clubs are being affected. The first club to be affected was the West Tigers. They had to halt their operation for a little bit and had to pause things when a trainer tested positive. So that was the beginning of clubs kind of showing that, you know, this, 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 Gremlin is still around and lurking, right? Then the next, I guess, hammer to fall, I guess you could say, the Newcastle Knights. The Newcastle Knights with the Argyle House 
uh, nightclub super spreader event, uh, which now I think they've doctor they have um, said may have caused up to 200 cases of possibly COVID outbreak up in the Newcastle area. Well, it just came down recently in the last day or so that the Knights are shutting down football operation for the foreseeable future, but probably until the start of this coming year, 2022. Um, the club is saying, you know, the, the guys are getting ready to go on holiday break anyway, but that this event needs to be addressed, it needs to be monitored, and it needs to be, I guess, quilled, you could, as you could say, um, to make sure that it doesn't get any bigger than what it already is. And now, the Canberra Raiders are now facing this as well. A staff member has tested positive. The boys are now being tested and are isolated. And unfortunately, Shedheads, I think everybody's saying it's it's they're so ready to go back to the new norm. And I think we have to understand that normal is the new norm. And right now that is consisting of COVID. I just want to say all to all my my brothers and sisters and family members down under. At least you're down there and not up here because this thing is a brush fire out of control up here in the United States or the divided states of America, you know how I call it. So really something to watch, really something to monitor. Um, this is already the third club that this is kind of running around and, and knocking on the door to be let in. So um, hopefully vaccinations continue to up and ramp up. I know the AFL isn't playing around with this. You've got to be vaccinated. Um, I think uh, the NRL has shown because they've increased protocols now that they are they're going to try to address this and attack this as best they, as they possibly can. But I think it's going to be a, a, a very unique time to watch what happens in the NRL right now um, with possible positive tests and what clubs do. Now, we know this is the offseason. We know that this is dealing with a lot of training in the NRL and the AFL. But in the NRL, we have movement galore. I know the last episode we were talking that there was a lot of movement that has been taking place with these clubs. It hasn't stopped, Shedheads. It has not stopped. And the, the, the most recent one that dropped was Josh Hodgson and Bailey Simonson signing deals with the Parramatta Eels. Calm down, Dom. Take a seat. Uh, but that's big. Uh, Reed Mahoney is leaving after this season, so now they have the replacement because Josh Hodgson signed a two-year deal. Yes, Josh Hodgson's 32 years old, but I think with his knee injury and him kind of having a little bit of the fallouts last year with the Raiders, that his body's probably the healthiest it's been for a very, very long time, and I think he has a point to prove because, you know, if you don't, I think we forget how quickly things change in sport. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, I guess, there was talk that Josh Hodgson was the best dummy half in the game, even ahead of Cameron Smith. Is that just crazy to think? But that was there was real talk that Josh Hodgson was the best dummy half in the game. Now the guy in that in in a year and a half or a year from that point has had a falling out with Ricky, and didn't play a lot of games last year because of being put on the bench or. 
allegedly going through things and, you know, figuring things out, not trying to get a lot of craziness, right? And I was wondering, was he even going to be back this year with the Raiders? Well, it looks like he is going to play with the Raiders this year. It doesn't look like there's going to be an early move, um, but he is signed to be an eel. And I think he's going to come into that Eels camp with a point to prove and something to show. And then you've got Bailey Simonson, uh, three-year deal that he signed. And he got released immediately from the Bulldogs as, as Gussie Gold continues his restructuring of the boys in Canterbury. There's a lot of movement going on there. And, and Gus wants his guys there. And Bailey Simonson was not one of those guys he wanted there. So immediate release and welcome back to the green jerseys. So that was a big move that took place. And then as Gus continues to be Gus, Nick Kotrick, you know, a, a, a kid that grew up in Canberra, somebody that, that loved the Raiders, uh, moved on from the Raiders, played 14 games for the Dogs, but he has been released. And he's now signed a contract to the end of 2024 to go back home to play for the Raiders. So that's a huge move. He's going to take the spot of where uh, where uh, Simonson was. So, you know, big movements. And one thing we know about movements in the NRL is when one piece moves, another piece is going to have to move too. You know, it's like a chessboard. You know, one move, then the next move. So that was really big. And I think that was a, a huge haul for the Raiders to get a guy that really wants to be there. Uh, I think he's going to play incredibly well because he's back home. Uh, and he and he played some really good footy for the Raiders when he was there. Just never could really get that 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 fit, that niche. That It just never felt natural when he was with the Bulldogs. So congratulations for Nick for going home. The, now, the move that really made me the most excited, I'm a big fan of this guy. I've met this guy before. Uh, really cool dude, but Fiji captain, I don't know, Fiji captain, Fijian captain, whatever you want to say, the captain of Fiji, and three-time Super League champion for the St. Helens Dragons, Kevin Nagama, all you Tigers fans remember him looking like kid and play back in the day with the gigantic high top fade is back in the NRL. He's a new father as well. He's brought his family back from the UK. And now his plane has landed in the eastern suburbs. Welcome to the Chooks. Kevin Nagama on a one-year deal will be putting on the tricolors next season. And I think Kevin Nagama really wants to show he should have never left the NRL. Once again, the Tigers got their hands on something and did not know what to do with it. But Kevin Nagama, I think, is going to have an incredible season with the Sydney Roosters. I think he's going to be that player no one sees coming, but is just going to leave a huge stamp with that club. And I think it's going to be really exciting for Kevin Nagama to be back with a club that has the focus. You know Robbo's going to be pushing him. He's going to be looking at places to put him and to play him at. But Kevin Nagama now, you know, Kevin Nagama can play, he can play center, he can play wing. He can play fullback. There's He can be put in a lot of different places. And I'm just really excited to watch his footy, especially after now uh, 
knowing what it's like to lift trophies and what he brings that championship pedigree back to a club that already has that type of pedigree. So that's a huge, 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 huge grab and get by Robbo and Nipolitis and the Sydney Roosters. So congratulations for Kevin Degama being back home, being a new dad, being a champion with St. Helens. I think it's going to be a great season for Kevin Degama. Now, a guy that I've also met, uh, he's he's a he's a unique cat. Let me just put it to you that way. Uh, cool, but very very unique. Corey Norman, a guy that has played 228 NRL games. Started off with the Broncos, went to the Eels, finished up with the Dragons. They look like there's a few clubs that were very much interested, possibly him going over the Super League as well. But Corey Norman's going to be Corey Norman. And he said, you know, it's just run its course with me. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And he's hung up his boots. 30 years of age. Now I'm going to tell you something right now. And I just feel this in the pit of my stomach, Shedheads. I don't think we've seen the last of Corey Norman. I think Corey Norman is going to go about doing Corey Norman things for the next few months. And I think he's going to get that bug back. He's going to get that itch. And I think when you, you know, it's the NRL. Players are going to go down. I think Corey Norman is going to look to see what availability is out there, who gets injured, and where can he possibly put himself to win another championship or to win a championship. I think that's what's going to happen here. He might not be thinking that fully right now, but I think in the back of his mind, if the right situation actually shows itself, and Corey Norman keeps himself in his shape. Um, so that'll tell us a lot. If Corey Norman stays in really, really good shape, matter of fact, if you see Corey Norman walking down the street in two to three months, let let me know here on Outside the Sheds uh, what he's looking like because that'll also tell us if he's really keeping himself in shape for a midseason uh, maybe entry for a team or a club. But that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but the crazy thing about Corey Norman, should it have? Because he's done things his own way since I can remember. So, congratulations if this really is the end, Corey Norman. Um, hope you get back to uh, the, the great state of Texas to go to the ACL Fest. Uh, like you said, you were going to when I met you. But, uh, great career. Um, I know that it was a little up and down and he called it a roller coaster himself. But that's why I feel deep down that if he gets a chance to actually play for a team that could get him a championship, I don't think we've seen the last of Corey Norman. Now, in early Christmas news, I know this feels like Christmas already. I am not wrapping the gift, Dom. I'm just going to tell you what's going on here. But the Parramatta Eels have given the gift of the holiday season back to their supporters and their club by the re-signing of Junior Paulo and Hayes Dunster. Paulo is signed through the end of 2026 and Dunster till the end of 2025. These are big, big signings. For the Eels. Because I know they've lost some guys. They've, they've lost, you know, the boat's taking a little bit of water. They've lost some players that some of you guys, some of you shitheads are not happy. Some of the blue and gold army are not happy with some of the players they've lost. But there's been some rallying the last week or so. You know, with the with the, the signings that I told you about, about Hodgson and si- Simonson. And now with the re-signing of, of Junior Paulo and Hayes Dunster. Maybe the ship is riding itself a little bit. And they're... How should we say? 
the, we can we can kind of squash a little bit of that panic that was overtaking the boys in blue and gold. So big re-signings for those two, and and again a, a, another positive step hopefully for uh, the Parramatta Eels to kind of calm the waters a little bit around them. And finally, in 4020, we're going to finish with a little bit of sad news. I know it's life. We all have a little bit of borrowed time that we get to spend time here to hopefully find a good sport, find a good partner, uh, a good wife, husband, whatever. Uh, but that also comes with loss at times. And the world of rugby league has lost a, a staunch um, a, a person that's, that's given 50 years of his life to the game. Uh, but Raiders high performance director and former NRL coach Peter Mulholland has passed away. He's passed away after a three-year battle with a, with a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, no one wants to ever hear cancer, right? You know, you just don't ever want to hear about it. Or, 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 or think about yourself hearing those words from somebody in a white coat, right? But, you know, Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma, is so strange because some people, you know, Mario Lemieux, the great hockey player, had uh, lymphoma. And it's crazy how some people, you know, they, they get their fight, they put their fight in, not saying that it's easy because it's tough. Anytime you, anytime you face something that could take your life, it's never going to be easy. But how some people can battle back from it, Mario Lemieux went back and played NHL hockey after his battle. Uh, and then some people, you know, like they said, not, it, it's a, it was a rare form, and it's taken the life of, of, a, of a rugby league great and a, and a guy that's sacrificed so much for the game that he loved. So um, Godspeed to Peter Mulholland, and, and like I said, you will be sorely missed, especially uh, around the Raiders camp. And down in Canberra. So let's go to On the Mark. Let's talk some AFL for a little bit here, Shedheads. Um, you know, in these unique times, we talk about COVID. There's been such a uh, real push uh, in the, the world of mental health. I think all of us have felt like we've had a little bit of cracking at the base. Sometimes at the base of our skulls, right? Uh, you know, you're Shed Adamus. I'm human. I know, I know. Take a step back, shedheads. Calm down. Um, but I've I've struggled during this time, you know, because I've tried to do things that are right during this time. I COVID to me has never been about myself. I keep myself in pretty darn good shape. Definitely carrying around about ten to fifteen more than I want to right now. But I keep myself in pretty good shape, and I'm training again really hard. So it'll come off. I'm confident about that because that's what I do, right? But. My attack on COVID for having a mother that had cancer, a father that, that, that succumbed to a form of, of cancer fighting his body, I don't, I don't treat COVID the way that I treat COVID for myself. I treat it for people's grandparents, you know, for, for Mrs. Shed Adamas, for her family, you know, that are, that are a little bit older, um, even though I, lo I love them both. But, you know, they're not 20 years old. And they've got health conditions like everyone does they get a little bit older knock on wood hopefully not me anyway but they have health conditions so i that's why i got vaccinated and i've got the jab, the double jab and i've got the booster all that type of stuff i'm getting i'm not standing on a soapbox i'm just telling you in the trenches what i do and why i did it 
And it wasn't for me, it was for you. It was for everybody else that I come into contact with. It was for other people's family members. It was for other people's grandparents. It was for people that I know fight every day the battle of cancer and other forms of disease that are, that are immune compromised. That's why I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated because I've been a captain on my teams since I was five years old. And the one thing that all my coaches have always instilled in me, the captaincy isn't about yourself, it's about your team. And I've always considered the human race to be my team. Now, the crazy thing is humans will always find ways to try to make us not on the same team from race, religion, uh, hair color, sexuality, whatever. They try to find a way to disparage, to, to, to push away. But as a captain, you have to understand the greater good. And the greater good is mankind. And the greater good is to make the person next to you better but also to help the person next to you to be safe. So when I got this news that one of the biggest, matter of fact, he is the biggest name in the AFL right now, Bailey Smith, you know, the kid with the, with the, with the, with the flowing locks down the back of it, looking like Andre Agassi with a bad mustache. Thanks, Dre, for not having that horrible mustache. But Bailey Simon said he passed, excuse me, Bailey Smith passed Dustin Martin, over 350,000 you know, followers on social media, which is ridiculous because could you even have 350,000 phone numbers in your phone? That's my feeling on social media. If you don't have that person's phone number in your phone or if you don't call them for the holiday season or you're not looking forward to a call from them, are they really your friends? They're not your friends. And who knows why they're following you? So I don't really care. I don't. I think social media is kind of a joke. You know, okay, I'm done with my, my soapbox, but it's not people that, most of these people don't care about you. So anyway, but he kind of commented earlier in the season that he was starting to feel a little bit of the strain of people judging him and all of that. Cut into the chase. Let me get going with this. Bailey Smith has stepped away from the Western Bulldogs in a surprise move, and he's taken an indefinite leave from the club for personal reasons. Excuse me. That could mean a lot of things. You know, he got into a situation in a nightclub here, uh, at, you know, a little bit after the their final loss. And when you see a, a guy that I've heard, you know, through the grapevine that's a pretty down-to-earth kid and a young man and... and doesn't really cause a lot of problems. Don't think he's seen his barber recently, but that usually shouldn't make you go off the boil. But when you hear that, you just wonder if it's all of it. If it's COVID, if it's, you know, the pressures of social media, which he's talked about before in his in the past. And it just makes you really think about what's really, really important. I listened to a, a, a an NFL football player. I'm not just going to throw names around here, but he talked uh, on a show uh, recently put away the social media he said he said there's no reason to put credence into somebody's words that doesn't even truthfully know you and gets almost more of a joy calling you out or saying bad things and think about this even if they say good things to you they still don't know you and you just wonder if this is a lot of this, you know, if this is a lot of that, where he had his, his little dust up pushing incident, whatever, at the nightclub, 
Um, you know, they're saying he's still training hard and, and he's training away from the club. But this is huge. And it's huge in the standpoint that this is now the one of the biggest star, if not the biggest star in the social media realm in the game who at a very, very young age has got to take a step away. You know, and let's, let's not forget, Dustin Martin went through a tough time. You know, with his situation with his dad being in New Zealand and 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 just the pressures of signing a big new contract with the Tigers and, and trying to find his place, you know. Because no matter how much of a bull Dustin Martin is out on the, on the field, he's a pretty quiet, down-to-earth young man. You know, Dusty's almost 30 now. He's not a young man. But then a young man who is still finding his way. And I think as he's found his way and, and hung out with Serena Williams on the beach, <laughs> what, what, what a life, right? But I think he's, he, he, he found his place in his own skin, right? And I think that's what we're seeing here with Bailey Smith. I, but what I will tell you is we're not used to this because we're, all, we're very quick to throw stones or to tell a guy how, what he should have done, even though half of us haven't put on shorts, boots, any of that type of stuff. Guernseys, jerseys, uh, pads, whatever. None of most of us have never been paid to play the games that we love, right? And let's ask this: If you've been paid to play professionally the sport that you love, you can say your stuff, you can say your piece. But if you've never been paid to play, you don't know the pressures that come with that. So it's tough for us to truthfully, as human beings, to throw stones when we really don't know what the hell we're throwing at, right? So I just really want to say I hope Bailey Smith takes the time that he needs. I hope the Western Bulldogs don't pressure him to move quicker than he needs to move and that he can get himself mentally right to come back because when he comes back, you know all the questions he's going to have to ask. You know, why? what pushed you over the edge? Bailey, what pushed you over the edge? Bailey, why, why are you coming back now? Bailey, what, what, what caused you to crack, mate? What, crack, what caused you to crack? You know, he's going to have to answer all those things, which, again, will not be easy because you're going to have to talk personally about yourself. And he even said again that he doesn't like to talk personally to a lot of people he doesn't know. Well, truthfully, if that's the case, you should be off social media anyway then. But he, it bothers him. And this is only going to magnify the situation when he comes back. And hopefully, he's if he's not mentally prepared, this will show when he comes back how he, how he answers the questions and how it affects him. So we'll have to see because I think this is a big, big story. But it's been a big story for a while about players' health not physically, but mentally, and what the trials and tribulations during this COVID time and during this social media time has caused players to face and what their reactions are to it. Now, moving away from, from uh, Bailey Smith and his, his exodus right now or his hiatus from the, from the dogs, Fremantle coach Justin Longmire has signed a two-year contract extension with the Dockers, which will take him through the 2024 season. It looks like the Dockers are just getting good news after good news because after a story that I told you a couple weeks ago uh, that that uh, 
Nat Fife has been training again and trying to get his endurance, and now news coming and breaking and out of the Fremantle camp that he's saying that he's going to be ready by round one. That's how good things are going for Nat Fife. And knock on wood, crossing fingers, that's the case. Because I don't care if you're a Dockers fan or not, having all-stars on the field, in the game, is what makes the game what we love to watch and makes it exciting. So hopefully that's the case. But signing Longmire to a, another two-year deal and 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 to, to get Nat Five back, hopefully by round one, the Dockers are trending upward. Now, to a club that we can't say has been trending in the right direction for a little bit of time, the Collingwood Magpies. The Pies have elected Jeff Brown as their new president. Brown is the club's 14th president in the history of the Pies. And he's also taking the place of disgruntled longtime president Eddie McGuire. We all know about Eddie and his opinions and what he feels. And let's be honest, probably what he kind of turned a blind eye to to get Collingwood in the situation they are right now. You've got them dealing with the Jordan Degoe case. You've got Brody Grundy coming out saying, you know, that that's not how we want to see the club going forward. We're going to carry ourselves in a different light, a new standard, a new way. Excellence is going to be different. You wanted to hope that Jeff Brown is ready to take on all of this because the Magpies, we know the fan base for Collingwood. They want results. They want results now. They want it now. Did I say that again? They want it now. They're not going to put up with another, I guess, year in the quagmire of, of, of eh, you know, we're not going to make the top eight, but we'll battle a little bit, you know, every other week. Not, not going to cut it. So, with the problem with, with Jordan Ngoi's off-field situations, new presidency, some kind of a little bit of rocky road back there in the, the, in, at the excuse me, at the administration, at the higher-ups, um, you know, Collingwood now has a seven-panel or seven-member uh, leadership board for the club, which are players. So, you know, you just hope this guy is ready to, to turn the ship around because the Magpies, no matter if you love Collingwood or not, you have to say one thing. They've got a passionate fan base a, and, and, a, and a fan base that wants results and are very, very demanding. So good luck to you on this new endeavor, new president Jeff Brown. Now the Essendon Bombers, continuing to speak on leadership, have named Dyson Heppel their captain for the sixth consecutive season. There is talk uh, at Essendon they might be going to a uh, multi-captaincy where they have more than one captain to you know lead the team, but that has been that has been botched. It has been scuttled. They're going to go with a single captain, and for the sixth season again, Dyson Heppel will be your captain for the Bombers for 2022. And in news. You know, there's good news, there's bad news, there's news that we all have to fight for and fight through. But Carlton defender Liam Stalker is in a race against time, shedheads. Injuries happen, we know that, they're part of the game. But an injury that I did not say much growing up, syndesmosis injury, he has received in training, and he will have to have surgery, and that's the big thing. This isn't going to be a situation where it's a syndesmosis where he's going to be able to just stay off that, be in a boot, uh, not put weight, all that stuff. No, he is going to have surgery. He's going under the knife. And 
that is going to be an up to 12-week rehab process to get him back on the field. So it's going to be really difficult for him to be there for round one. But again, up to 12 weeks. So we'll just have to see because they can't rush him back too soon because he will re-injure that, that's, that, that injury. And so we'll have to see that if, you know, they're already, Carlton's already battling, you know, with a player. We don't even need to say his name anymore because he's not in the league. But uh, stepping down and leaving the club with a year left on his contract because of his belief on the vaccination. Um, and now this situation. So Carlton, who's been fighting for years, it almost seems, to get themselves righted again and to become the club that a lot of people want to see them as, has been handed another sour patch kid to throw in the mouth to try to chew on without their eyes wiring. So good luck. To Liam on, on on trying to get back by round one, but take your time, heal up properly so you can be back and play the best possible footy you possibly can. Now that is going to call, excuse me, going to bring to an end on the mark, and let's talk a little outside the bubble. And unfortunately, I think this should be almost the COVID episode of Outside the Sheds because COVID, COVID, COVID is where we're going right now with a couple of the big, big leagues in North America. And we start off with the granddaddy of them all, in some cases, especially in their own minds, the NFL, which pretty soon will say will stand for not for long for a lot of the players in the co- at the course they are. Because only the NFL, as things are getting more and more hairy over in, in, the, the, in the divided states, um, they are the only league I know that are one to step back in COVID protocols and in testing, and and they're trying to how should I say change? Well, well, I guess we don't have to wait 24 hours for a negative test. Let's just force the guys out there in an hour after a test. Uh, I'm not saying that's really the case, but they are talking about boshing the 24-hour uh, negative test result. But the same league that that has been dealing with fluctuating stances on what they think COVID is, we can thank the owners for that. Uh, for the way they swatted at the back of the hand of Aaron Rodgers and didn't really do anything to him. Uh, hell, they find him less than they fired. They find some guys for bad socks and non-shirt tuck-ins. Really great job, NFL. Great job again. Uh, they now are being forced. Their hand has been forced. Not because of leadership, which we know is already shoddy at best for the NFL, but because the, the virus said, you know what? You guys aren't good enough to make this thing happen for you guys to actually admit that there's something going on. So I'll just take the reins and let me let me ride this bog this buggy around the corner for you. Because because of the high outbreaks right now there are 20 players plus on the Browns, the Washington football team and the Los Angeles Rams Rams that have COVID. Over 20 players on those teams. And for that reason, the NFL actually stood up and did something right. Thank you, Baker Mayfield. Thank you, Bake Show. Because I think your words on social media, like I said, not all social media is the Antichrist, shedheads. But Baker Mayfield gave a scathing, scathing uh, testimonial, report, uh, tweets, whatever you want to say it is. But he called out the NFL 
and the owners for not for saying they care about pay, player health and well, welfare, but then still making them go out there and put their bodies at risk uh, by not keeping them safe during COVID. And it took less than 24 hours for them to not want to get shunned anymore, not want to get embarrassed by a player, and they have postponed three games for this week. Uh, the Browns versus the Raiders on Saturday night or tomorrow have been post has been postponed till Monday, and the Seahawks versus Rams and Washington Football Team versus Eagles games that were going to be on Sunday have now been postponed till Tuesday. So the NFL, uh, no matter if they are crying, uh, if no matter if they're uh, trying to grab as much dollar bills and money as they can to wrap underneath their arms to keep them safe from who knows what, are going to have to understand that if they don't address this, COVID is going to affect the foreseeable future, especially with Christmas and the holidays coming up again. Um, So be prepared, NFL. I don't think this is your first time, and it will not, excuse me, we know it's not your first time, but it's definitely not going to be your last time, I think, with this situation unless you really grab this and get your protocols back into play stronger than ever before. Now, the NHL, you know me, love love my hockey. The NHL is having their own problems with the Cove. They've got an outbreak with, with at least three teams. And these teams have multiple, multiple players and staff and coaches that have come down with COVID. And those three teams are the Calgary Flames, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Florida Panthers. Those three teams have shut down operations until after the holiday season. So they're saying no, no, none of those three teams are going to be playing any frozen pond, any hockey, until at least December 26th. And I have a feeling it's going to go longer than that. I would not be surprised if these clubs... Uh, Maybe don't play till close to the beginning of the year, but that is huge news. Uh, you, we all know, no matter how much I, your Shedadamas loves the NHL, they do not have the type of money as some of these other organizations. So they're going to want to get these teams playing again, so this so the league can keep bumping on. But again, what you want and what COVID wants is two different things. So let's just hope that these guys can get back out on the ice sooner than later. Uh, because there's tons of things going on in the NHL. I'm saying right now, Paul Maurice, the coach for the Winnipeg Jets, is resigning today out of the blue uh, and, and just saying, you know, I'm done. I have not heard his interview yet. Uh, I'm going to check that out this evening, why he's doing it. It does not sound like they're forcing him out, but it, he just feels it's time. And, you know, I guess that happens. Coaches can get burned out. Coaches can just get tired of the day-to-day monotony. And I know any coach that's coaching an NHL club in Canada, it the pressure is so totally different compared to the teams in the in the divided states that are hockey clubs. So um, really interesting time. Really hope it gets back on track soon. Now, still staying in the same plateau, the same river, the same basin, we're going to talk about the man that just won't go away. The guy that I call the flat truther, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has been, this is just breaking, probably an hour ago. 
Kyrie Irving is going to be allowed to play for the Brooklyn Nets on their road games. And now they're saying we'll be able to practice with the Nets at home. That is how desperate they are. That's how how much COVIDs affect them because the beard, James Harden, is out right now for COVID protocol because he contracted the virus. So they 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 can't have KD carry them. And, and Kevin Durant's carried them the last few games. They got a big win last night. So KD needs help. And so I guess they think they're going to bring in the flat truther, a guy who's not vaccinated, to put him around an entire team and coaching staff and organization that is vaccinated. And like I say sometimes, it shows its head. Some of these organizations, some of these sports, don't care a damn about anything else but getting out on that field and quote-unquote making money. Because for them to have the stance they've had with Kyrie up to this point, if the beard was still playing and the beard was was healthy and doing well, I don't think we'd hear any type of talk about Kyrie. But, you know, teams are going to do what they're going to do. Leagues are going to do what they do. But it's also up to us as, as fans of it, as hosts of podcasts, um, uh, of TV shows, whatever, that we let it be known, you know, what is it going to be? Why do you get to be the only player that doesn't that, that isn't vaccinated and they're going to let you play on the it just it's ridiculous. I I have never been a a big New York uh fan of of sports even though, you know, New Jersey I am, go Devils. But this is going to be huge. This is I think this is this is going to have a ripple effect on the team and I don't I think a lot of people think this is going to just go well. I think there's going to be some issues there. And I think it's going to be issues in the standpoint that a bunch of guys are going to say, why does he get to play? Why does he get to play? So Kyrie Irving looks like it is a done deal and we will be seeing him on the road sooner than later. And now two last things. I want to finally finish positive shedheads. I'm going to bring this to a close with things that are going to make you smile. Number one, not the big dogs don't always win. Because in college football, the number one prospect in college football, uh, the number one recruit in the country, Travis Hunter, snubbed a, a club and a team that he had said that he loved since he was a child, the Florida State Seminoles, and signed with an HBCU, Jackson State, run by primetime, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders flipped a kid from his alma mater to come to Jackson State to play football in an HBCU. And then we had it two days before that, a quarterback, a backup quarterback for the UCLA Bruins is getting in the transfer portal and is going to come to Grambling State. So I don't know if this is going to be a big boom and the HBCUs are here. I know tomorrow that there's going to be a big HBCU tournament that is going to be up in New Jersey. You know, that is that is big, big news. I think that the more the one thing the pandemic has made us do is to crave sports. And because of that, I think the HBCUs when they played last spring got a little notoriety, got seen a little bit more, and I think 
like Dion said, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of good players playing at HBCUs, and we need to address that and be drafting some of these guys. And I think this could be that turning point where we start seeing them as more than just another conference that's out there with guys that, are, that have natural tans. So, congrats, pri- prime time and Jackson State. I love that. I love that name for some reason for that club. Anyway, Jackson State for getting a big, big fish. And hopefully this is the beginning of a lot of things to come. And finally, finally, the great Steph Curry passes Ray Allen as the all-time three-point shooter in NBA history. Steph actually came out and said, I guess this finally says I am the greatest shooter of all time. But congratulations, because I'm going to tell you something. Steph Curry, a guy that used to have his uniforms uh, actually made special for him because he was 132 pounds, and he was more than that, but is now, if you look at him, runs for days, looks solid, takes contact, and just drains from long distance. There are some phone companies in America that don't have the range Steph Curry does. So... Congratulations, Steph. Uh, I'm happy I got to watch it live, see you break the record. Um, well, live on my television. I wasn't in the, in, in the, in the barn. But um, that was big. And congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Warriors for riding the ship and looking like it's going to be tough to beat those guys. Because I think they have in their minds where they want to go and what they want to do. So with that being said, Shedheads, I did it for you. I gave you two positive stories. After the COVID episode, it felt like. But don't forget, be smart during this time. Be smart. Because if you're going to go back to your families, please be smart. Know if your mom and dad have ailments and are sick. Try to keep yourself away from as many people as you possibly can or wear a mask. Just be smart. Because I just don't want to see this. You know, we're over 800,000 deaths here in the United States. Or the divided states, whichever one you want to say. We've got to come together and we've got to do this. We've got to stop telling lies and doing a bunch of other stuff to make us separate and not, not talk. We've got to freaking mute some of these people to say the stupidest things in the world that they don't even believe deep down. Not just talking about you, Fox News. But talking about a lot of places that just don't want to talk about the truth. And unfortunately... The, the countries that are the biggest adversaries to the divided states are remembering this and are taking note and are taking action. So, with that being said, be smart, but most importantly, be safe. And thank you for returning, just like your Shed Adamus. This has been Outside the Sheds. Ho, ho, ho. I am your host, Corey Jackson. Until next week, see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.